number 37 of the Tweety Cracks Podcast. I am your host, Bill. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> and with me, as always, is my co-host, Chris. Now, Chris, hold on a second, buddy. I know you're anxious and you're excited to be here tonight, uh, but i got to ask you a couple different questions before we get going. Uh, we know that uh, there's big news going on in the United States. We got the uh, election going on and all this shit. And I refuse to talk politics on the show or religion, any of that bullshit. This is about entertainment. But with that said, bud, I do have one question that's related to uh, politics. Chris, old buddy, I need to know. Do you want to examine the results of my latest erection? Uh, you mean election? Yeah, what What did I say, bud? Uh, I don't even want to say it. <laughs> let's just put it this way, pal. You sick fuck. <laughs> let's you put sick it this- bastard. <laughs> let's put it this way, pal. The polls are rising. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. Oh, God. The wheels are coming off, Chris. The wheels are coming off the They're world. They're off. The wheels are coming off the world. The wheels are coming off this fucking low-life, fucking low-budget podcast. But here we are. We're back again, bud. And uh, let me uh, ask you, how be you? Well, yes, as you mentioned, we do not like politics. And unfortunately, that has consumed the world these days with the election. For those countries that have been tuning in, which I know you have because it's probably like watching a Maury Provitz show, uh, it is very embarrassing. You are not my daddy. <laughs> I, I, I despise politics, and it's just on everybody's mind, given the state, and I, I just... You know what I, I look for in a politician, Chris? Somebody that's going to leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Which is which basically equates to no politicians at all. Nobody. Nobody. If the founding fathers could somehow be alive today and saw what the government turned into, the power that they have now, they would lose their shit. Dude, it's like we were talking about off air. You know, I was saying with, with these partisan parties, like, honestly, they, there are people out there that will vote for a fucking dead rat as long as it has an RRD next to its name. I, I don't understand it. And it's so true. It's like people are just die hard one thing or the other and until you stop labeling having these these parties like this you're just gonna have you're gonna have this split world just like ridiculous why does it have to be labeled republican or democrat that's how it is i mean it's always us versus them and that type of bullshit and i couldn't even define myself because there are things that i like about and hate about both sides so how do i even define myself in that sense okay but i'm not i'm not either okay but here's a question Damn it, I want answers. <laughs> Here's a question, Chris. Do you like me? A friend, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but speaking of which, let's get off politics. Oh, fuck these guys. I don't yeah, know what I'm talking seriously. about. It. Um, but on more important news, and what's even more popular than the election right now, the world's going fucking haywire, bud. Everybody wants to know about our new logo. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and our new character, bud, Timothy. Timothy, the fucking ventriloquist puppet, is our new official logo and thumbnail of the Between the Cracks podcast. Until we find something else to replace him with. <laughs> but for now, Timothy's going to be our new mascot. Oh, Timothy and Blue Balls. And listen, I actually bought this picture. I did it legitimately. I paid $15 for the fucking thing. The, the guy, whoever took the picture, got his little credit. And now Timothy belongs to us. And uh, I'm just really hoping that he will act as a catalyst as far as getting us to do some skits again. Yeah, we, we've been definitely shying away from the skits, and it's uh, 
really just for lack of motivation, I guess, right? We just it's a lot of a little more effort put involved and uh, coming up with some skit and you got to think about it and then then I have to edit it and then I got to find like background sounds and that's just extra fucking tracks I got to put on. It's just more shit that I don't want to fucking do. And I don't do anything, and it's still... <laughs> well, I, I think you bring uh, the, a little bit of sensibility to the show, at least that's what, what some of my family and friends say. Actually, what we what, what I will say and mention, too, is that we had a fan reach out. Faye from England reached out last night, so a fan, um, just to say how much they love the show and appreciate the distraction and i guess it's a distraction <laughs> oh um, my god of course I, I get off of fucking uh facebook again because i was so pissed off by what everybody's posting about the election i needed to fucking cool my jets and finally a fan writes in and chris you, right? you took care of it uh, that was pretty funny that of course right as you left uh but yeah so we're we're happy uh that, that she reached out and um that's what I fucking love, dude. It's like I'm sitting here in my son's room recording this thing. I just yelled at the kids to keep quiet. And, like, you know, <laughs> you and I have known each other forever. So it just is just how we fucking talk and communicate. And, you know, and those sick, twisted jokes are included in that off air. But it's just funny that, you know, someone across the fucking other side of the world is listening to it and enjoying it. We, we really don't have a sense other than, you know, you have the, uh, you know, the stats on, on downloads and stuff. We don't, you don't really get the sense of like people are actually listening to you until someone actually comments or yeah. reaches out. And it's just like such a weird feeling, but it's great. I yeah. Mean, I've had, uh, there was a girl from Norway. I think there, there was a girl from Ireland. Um, now Faye from England. I had another guy from England, right? <laughs> Everybody around the world seems to like us except the United States. <laughs> well, we're not surprised. But you did uh, respond to her, Chris, and you asked her if uh, there was anything she wanted us to cover, and uh, she gave you a few suggestions, and buddy, I think we're going to do one next week. Am I right? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we... we, we... <laughs> We uh, we're gonna look into both the cases. I, I already I gave a brief look into both that she mentioned. Well, I guess we might as well just tell you the ones that she mentioned, and not leave you in the dark about it. Spill the beans, buddy. <laughs> so Faye recommended, or she was interested in, and in how uh, or what we thought about the Skinwalker Ranch, Ooh. and then there is the myth of the treasure at Oak Island. Well, it was funny. I actually said to uh, a friend of mine today that, you know, somebody wanted to hear our thoughts on a particular case. And she responds, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Who wants to hear what you have to say? <laughs> yeah, right. Somebody's actually interested in what we have to say about something. <laughs> Given, we look, we, we are full disclosure here. We tell you right up front, there's no research involved. No, no. <laughs> but I, I, we, I, we make it a little funny. Well, what I did say uh, when... Um, Chris was responding to Faye's email, I said, uh, we'll do a Skinwalker Ranch, and then I said, let me see how long the Wikipedia article is on this before we commit to anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, and there was a little debate uh, about tonight's podcast, just because the article that we were reading was very long. <laughs> Which we will condense. More details means more time spent. <laughs> it will be condensed considerably. That is correct. Tonight's episode, which we're going to get to, but I just wanted to bring up quickly, bud, because I just heard some rattling around the room. As I told you off air, my cat caught a mouse in the house the other night, so I went to save the little fucking thing, uh, but apparently the damage had been done, and it looked like part of an intestine or something was hanging out. Ooh. So, yeah, and then so my cat starts flicking around, the thing was still alive. 
I go to get a cardboard box to catch the thing and try to bring it outside, let it try to pass away peacefully. And I come back into the room. The cat's still there, and the mouse is fucking gone. So now my son and, and daughter thought that they heard something rustling around in this room where I'm recording. And brother, I just heard it. So I'm all for helping <laughs> animals, and I have a no-kill policy with anything except roaches. So if I if I see him, I'm going to help him. But we just got to help that this fucking guy doesn't jump on me with his intestines in the middle of the night or while I'm recording this. Oh, oh no, no! <laughs> Ooh. Hi, kitty. Yeah, because in the middle of the night, my man, there could be round two. Ugh. Oh, no, no, no! Pretty boy Billy is on the ground! <laughs> in this corner, weighing in at a mere four ounces. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, Money they, mouse! They just don't belong in... I mean, they're cute and all, but they just do not belong in a house. It, it affects the whole psychological fucking aspect of, of your mind when you see a mouse in a house, you know? Oh, that's how I feel about spiders. Oh. Especially a big one. If, if I see the thing in my room and it disappears, I... Can't I can't sleep? A big one, <laughs> big little, you name it. I cannot. <laughs> I'm not sticking around until that thing's gone. All right, Chris. Uh, enough of uh, politicians. Enough of rats. Enough of uh, stupid, lame, fucking jokes that are going nowhere. Without further ado, as you said before, why don't you? Take the reins on this one if you'd like to do that again this week and tell the fine, 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 fine people what the fuck we're talking about tonight. Well, Bill, I'm glad you asked. Oh, my so, God. <laughs> tonight. Because tonight. My good people. Um, we are talking about the case that has been known as The Watcher. Oh. Now, Chris, with that said, would you like to watch me do something? Oh, enough said. Oh. Chris, I do apologize for that. That was uncalled for and unnecessary and childish on my part. Please, please, please continue. You said this case was <laughs> referred to as The Watcher. Correct. And, uh, well, that'll give you a little bit of information about what it's about. This takes place in the affluent town of Westfield, New Jersey. Again, let me say this, Chris, uh, a little too close for comfort. Yes, we, uh, <laughs> we've been doing a little, some cases that are a little too close to home. Yeah, um, we gotta but, get the but nonetheless, out. Bill will, in, in fact, <laughs> investigate these. We have got to get out of the fucking tri-state area next week. So... To be more exact, on 657 Boulevard in Westfield, New Jersey, the Brodises were moving into a new home after the husband had landed a nice job in the city, and they were able to afford this beautiful home for the price tag of about $1.3 million. Whoa. So, yes, a like I said, we said this is an affluent area, so there's, you know, at your, plus you're not too far from the city. I think you're about 16 miles away. The closer you get to the city, the more expensive it is. It's ridiculous, but... I don't know why, because I fucking hate going into the city. I know. I, the further away, the better. Derek and his wife, Maria, and their three kids moved to this lovely home. And it's not too far into the move where things start to take a turn yeah chris so let's 
go back in time a little bit. This is probably one of our more recent stories that we've ever done. This one takes place in June of 2014. And as Chris had mentioned, Derek and Maria Brodus purchased their dream home in the lovely town of Westfield, New Jersey. Now, Derek, he's originally from Maine, my favorite fucking state in the world. Hell yeah. Yeah. And I don't know what drove him down in New Jersey, but, uh, you know, that's where he is at this point in time. So, uh, Derek... Came from Maine to New Jersey, landed a job in a city, and Maria was, from all accounts, born and raised in New Jersey, and I think specifically Westfield. This couple, they were doing everything by the book, right? You know, like, just as, as my wife and I had done. You know, they, they found a home they wanted, they purchased it, then they decided to make it their own. They were going through the renovations and working on the house. Everything was going along fucking swell right as you complain you got the kids everybody seems happy that was until one night and i immediately got pissed off right from the fucking start because i put myself in the shoes of this young couple because i've done this you know i've bought a home but what happens here has not happened to me and i hope it doesn't because i would fucking lose my shit so what happens next is that uh there was one night where they're working on a house and derek decides to go out to the mailbox to get the mail and he's just shuffling through all the normal shit, your bills, all the other garbage you get. Uh, that was until he came across one little note, which was addressed to the quote-unquote new owner. Now, I'm getting all this information from uh, this great article on thecut.com. The article was written by, uh, ooh, I like the name, Reeves Wideman. I always like the name Reeves. Yeah, that is a good first name, actually. I've only heard, like, you know, Christopher Reeves, but, like, as a first name, that's pretty good. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, glad <everybody> got, <laughs> I'm glad everybody got our opinion on it. All right, way to go, Reeves. This is a great article. So, this says, in handwriting, creepy handwriting, to be exact, it says clunky handwriting in the article, but I can imagine that it seems like, you know, childish type of handwriting or somebody trying to, you know, alter their handwriting so that you can't get a good grasp of who's actually writing it and you know, making it obviously less identifiable. They write the new owner on the front, and then inside it's a type message that begins with the greeting, Dearest new neighbor at 657 Boulevard, allow me to welcome you to the neighborhood. 657 Boulevard is their address, okay? Now, you're going to notice something in this letter that I told Chris off-air that irritated the fuck out of me, but I'm going to save that for later. At this point, I'm going to continue reading uh, the letter, and you guys can tell me if you notice anything. That seems to be a little bit repetitive. Okay. So, 657 Boulevard has been the subject of my family for decades now, and as it approaches its 110th birthday. So, this is another historic home. Like I've said a thousand times, this house that I live in is about 200 years old. This house is right up there. It's 110 years old. So, there's some history behind this fucking thing. So, uh, anyway, the note continues, and it says, I have been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. That's weird. My grandfather watched this house in the 1920s, and my father watched it in the 1960s. It is now my time. Do you know the history of the house? Do you know what lies within the walls of 657 Boulevard? Why are you here? I will find out. Well, I'm here, motherfucker, because I bought it. How's that sound? <laughs> <laughs> the the at the end when he says I will find out that was the creepiest part of the entire letter at what starts out as a welcome message which seems to be somebody welcoming them into the neighborhood turns the wrong way and and now you're like okay this is 
not an okay thing to say to somebody. But remember that they said, dearest new neighbor. So now, either they don't care that they're giving away their position of living in the neighborhood, or they're doing that intentionally to throw them off. We, we have no idea. So, obviously that's enough for you to be a little concerned about somebody living around you, right? So now, your, your eyes are kind of looking all around your neighborhood, right? As you would, especially anybody that's in sight of your house. So, because they know you've pulled up whatever. Anyway. I mean, you talk about immediate suspicion of everybody you see. I know Maria's, this was her neighborhood, but she, you know, she was there as a child. So she likely doesn't, you know, I'm assuming maybe some people still live there that that were there when she was a kid. Or maybe, you know, it was passed down to family. But, but, but for the most part, we're assuming that this is, well, actually, this person must have been there when she was there because they were saying that this person's been watching the house since the 20s, their, their grandfather. This person was around when Maria was living there as a kid. She was only three homes away. Creepy. When you put it that way, it gets even a little bit more eerie. But there's a part of me too, as a homeowner and as, as a father as well and a husband, I'm, I can imagine what's going on in Derek's head, especially you have three kids and your wife in his house. So automatically your protective instincts kick in and your first instinct is probably wanting to kill this motherfucker. And then secondly, you know, now somebody's fucking with your investment, you, you know, your, your home, which you had spent no bag of shells on, $1.3 fucking million. So now you got this to deal with in addition to getting acclimated to a new neighborhood, moving your kids. So, I mean, regardless if you're familiar with the neighborhood or not, there's always a level of stress that comes with moving. So you got to take into account those factors as well. This guy worked his ass oh, off to, to get Dude, here. I'm getting fucking hot. I'm trying to stay level-headed about this, but, you know, I'm feeling for this guy, Derek, right now, and I'm getting more fucking agitated by the minute. As we come to find out, he loses his shit at one point in the story, too. But as of right now, Chris, why don't we uh, follow along with this letter chronologically? So I'll jump back into this letter now and uh, use my little creepy on-air voice, and then we can discuss it uh, as we feel need. So, uh, this douchebag continues to write, I see already that you have flooded 657 Boulevard with contractors so that you can destroy the house as it was supposed to be. Tisk, tisk, tisk. Bad move. Now, listen, don't fucking write tisk, tisk, tisk to me. I, 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 don't, I, I don't like that. that <laughs> tell, tell me what I should yeah, shouldn't don't, do. Don't, 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 don't be that condescending. You don't want to make 657 Boulevard unhappy. So, Chris, this is where it gets a little more serious, and this is the part that I don't like, because apparently Derek and Maria had gone back and forth to the house a number of times, and they were talking to some of their neighbors and introducing themselves, as you usually do, and they had let their kids run around the backyard with some of the other neighborhood kids, right? And I'm not going to disclose any information about their kids, but they're young, you know, 10 years old and younger. This is then mentioned in the letter. It's... it's but it goes on to say, you have children. I have seen them. So far, I think that there are three that I have counted. Ho, 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 you motherfucker. Then he goes on to even ask the question, are there more on the way? This would obviously tell you that whoever is writing these letters is within this neighborhood and probably pretty close to the Brodus's, closer than they probably think. The way this person sounds, it sounds like their goddamn next-door neighbor. So there's more to go on the letter, but... This is really what turns up the fucking, uh, the blood boiling a notch. So Chris, I'm going to finish reading this. Here I go. Do you need to fill the house with the young blood I requested? Better for me. Was your old house too small for the growing family? Or was it greed 
to bring me your children. Once I know their names, I will call to them and draw them to me. Oh, you motherfucker. So the writer of this article goes on to tell us that the envelope had no return address. So, I mean, you're brave enough to make all these claims and threats, but you are too weak to let them know who you are or where you live, right? So this guy writes, who am I? There are hundreds and hundreds of cars that drive by 657 Boulevard each day. Maybe I am in one. Look at all the windows you can see from 657 Boulevard. Maybe I am in one. Look out any of the many windows in 657 Boulevard at all the people who stroll by each day. Maybe I am one. Welcome, my friends. Welcome. Let the party begin. Signed, The Watcher. So the signature was typed, though. It was a, it was a cursive font. So it wasn't actually handwritten out. So, so it's one, like one of these fancy fucking fonts. Right, right. They're 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 just continuing on so that there's no trace of I'm assuming types of fingerprints or like you said, they don't want the person on it obviously doesn't want their their signature picked up so that they that someone can find the style of writing or anything. There's no way to identify based on writing, basically because this whole thing is typed out. Now, Chris, let me ask you a quick question. Uh, and I, I told you how I felt about this off air. Is there anything in the first note and and the uh, subsequent notes that follow that you find kind of repetitive and irritating because uh in addition to the threats there's something about the writing itself that's making me a little hot under the uh collar well they say all these things about the family but i still don't know worth what their address is <laughs> oh my god i mean come on 657 boulevard Oh, uh, yes, at 657 Boulevard. At 657 Boulevard. We, we, we get it, pal. We know. We know. We know where the house is. We know the address. Thank you. Move along. This guy clearly knows where they live. So, Chris, that's the first letter. I mean, and, I mean, it has everything you fucking need. It has the ominous, you know, factor to it where you don't know where it's coming from. So, you got that creep factor. Then you got the rage-inducing factor of bringing up the children. And all in all, it's uh, a pretty threatening-sounding letter. There's enough... From this one letter alone, I would say to probably arrest somebody. Yeah, it's definitely threatening sounding. Sure. I I wonder. I would. I would wonder from a from a police uh, officer standpoint if they could actually arrest somebody based on the words that they used in this letter. But that aside, of course, what Derek does after this letter, and this was late at night uh, when he's reading it. First, he turns off all the lights in the house. That's a very smart move. You know what I mean? Right, because they're it, watching you. Yeah, and it gives you the the upper hand where you can see outside, but they can't see inside. Right. And of course, I would hope that the, the moron watching didn't have the light on in their room, because that would be yeah. <laughs> pretty <laughs> stupid. <laughs> you see another light? <laughs> Just one in the whole neighborhood. Guy looking out of his window. Arrested. Game over. Story ends. So he turns off all the lights in the house, and he immediately contacts the police department after the, he actually has an officer come to the house who reads the letter, and verbatim, the officer says, what the fuck is this? It was probably a fucking dad himself. Oh, yeah. I, you, you never mess with anyone's kids. I don't give a fuck. Obviously, the first thing they're going to ask is if you have enemies, because this seems like they're clearly targeting them. You know, they are new to the home, so you have to remember that they haven't been in the neighborhood. So, in order for them to have made an enemy would be highly unlikely because they've just moved in but apparently just the action of them moving in made them an enemy of this person so Dirk who was in the home by himself at the time rushes back to the wife and kids who were at the old home and that night they decide to write 
uh, an email to the original owners of the house at, you guessed it, Bill, 657 Boulevard. Oh, fuck. <laughs> to ask if they had received any letters or anything like this from somebody who that signed off on the letter saying the watcher, you know, was this something that, that they have gotten before in the, the period that they lived at this home? Because obviously that's information. If you got a creepy letter like this as an owner selling the home, you have to disclose that information. And in fact, Bill, we'll, we'll come to find out, they actually mention... They did. A, a case... That we covered. That fucking haunted house in Nyack, right? Yeah. Ooh. Yep. So we'll get to that. But we are trailblazers, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> we tied this right in. We knew it. That information, of course, you'd want to disclose. So obviously, if they had gotten something as very creepy as this, you would hope that they would mention anything. So the next morning, the Woods, who are, are the previous owners, replied to their email. A few days before moving out, apparently the Woods, the Woodses, I, I never understand how to how to to use plurals when it comes to a last name. Oh well, allow me to uh, assist you on that, Chris, because if you notice that I changed one of the of uh, the uh, thumbnails and on Timothy, and it said Chris's number one fan, so I had to do crazy research to figure out if the apostrophe goes after the S or it's you, supposed to. Yeah. Yes. No. Actually, you could do either way. It could be Chris or any name that ends in an S apostrophe after the S, or you could do apostrophe s so it could be c h r i s apostrophe s now which looks funny to me yeah i don't like it so i did it the other way but on last names you generally do es so like if it's a davis's it would be d a v i s e s that's what i've read but that's apparently what it is yeah i would but it doesn't look right to me and it's fucking weird (laughs) i would just do the apostrophe at the end of it and then let it go anyway Bill and I are kind of slight grammar Nazis a little bit, so don't mind us. We, we always are analyzing spellings of things. All right, let's go back to this douchebag, uh, the, the fucking watcher, or whatever his name is. So the Woodses mentioned that apparently a few days before they, they moved out, they did receive a letter from this person, the watcher, and they said that the note had been odd, and there was similar mention to that name, the watcher, and, the, and that, that, that the family was observing that house over a long period of time. But she said they never in the 23 years in that house had received anything like the one they received. And that's kind of weird, like, you know, with, with the Woodses. I mean, maybe that was like a one-off and it was something they didn't even think about mentioning, you know? Look, I mean, I get maybe they didn't get they didn't receive anything threatening-ish like that in their, their past. But did they receive letters in general in the past? Look, that's a creepy thing that you don't... You got to disclose. I would. I would think. But if that was the first one they got right before they left the house, that's another. That's another story. Yeah, it's weird. So man. now both the Woodses and Maria head to the police station. They are dealing with a detective, Leonard Lugo, who told her not to mention or tell anyone about the letters, including their neighbors, because now every one of their neighbors is considered a suspect. Fuck yeah, Leo. <laughs> now. That's very smart advice because think about if you start going around talking to your neighbors about this and you're speaking to the person who's writing the letter. Dude, how creepy is that? That's extremely creepy and you're also tipping them off. So you don't want them to know you're looking into them. Now they're on very high alert as they should be, as I would be. I would, oh my God, I... I'm, I'm, I'm running hot under the fucking collar of this whole article that we're reading and, and throughout this whole story because I can't stand when hardworking people get threatened and harassed for fucking stupid garbage like this. And this kid, this kid Derek, had to go and cancel 
a work trip that he was supposed to go on. So now it's interfering with his professional life. And I mean, who knows? That's probably going to lead to problems with the financial life, which will then in turn lead to problems with your personal life. That's your domino effect right there. Oh, yeah. Oh, th- this is not to mention your, your obsession now with with watching over the house and making oh, yeah. sure that your family is not there alone. You're, you're never going to rest easy. You'll never be able to leave the house. How could you even consider, like, you know, your, your home is like your sanctuary. You know, you when you go get there, you want to be relaxed. Your blood pressure drops. Everything is supposed to be ease and, and right. calm when, when you get into your home. And when you don't have that, when you lose that, and I've been through it before. The circumstances are a little bit different. And uh, maybe I'll talk about it one day. But uh, <laughs> this is years ago. I'm healthy now, Chris. Uh, but when you don't have that, you know... You really have nothing, and you're in a constant state of stress. You're in a constant state of anguish, and you feel constantly, for lack of a better word, unhealthy. Uh, absolutely, you 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 don't sleep as much. You know, it, it's just yeah. Nobody wants to have to deal with this shit, especially when you're when you're doing renovations and spending tons of money on a house that you just bought. Here here's an actual creepy part of the case, which they don't really focus too much on after it's said. But it keeps sticking into the back of my mind. Derek actually gave a tour to one of the couples on the block because they were doing renovations, a lot of renovations on the home. And the wife says, and I quote, it'll be nice to have some young blood in the neighborhood. Who said that? The couple he has to check out the renovations on the house that lives in the block. They came into his house and said that. Yeah, the wife said it. Holy shit. I mean, that's kind of weird. I mean, who says that? I know, like, it's just like, what are the chances that... I mean, you say, welcome to the neighborhood, the place looks fucking great. I mean, some mundane gibberish, and you move on with your day. So, Chris, I don't know about you, bud, but uh, upon hearing that, I would say I have someone in my targets, and it is officially... Go time. The the unfortunate thing is you don't know what you're swinging at, which is the most frustrating part. <laughs> I, I would immediately have them as the prime suspects at the moment, because there's... That's not common lingo for people to throw around young blood, and and the the in the relative time between the letter and that couple coming in and mentioning young blood, the woman saying young blood, I would be very very suspicious. Two weeks after the letter, now Maria stopped by the house because she wanted to check out some paint samples. So she recognized in the mail that there was a thick black letter on a card shaped envelope. And so she calls the police. And here we go again. Welcome again to your new home at 657 Boulevard. Fuck you. The workers have been busy and I have been watching you unload carfuls of your personal belongings. The dumpster is a nice touch. Have they found what is in the walls yet? In time, they will. This is fucking... I mean, this this guy or girl... Like, I slipped up before and said the guy, but then you said the woman said young blood. I don't know. What we're dealing here is someone who obviously has some form of psychosis going on or, you know, um, God, schizophrenia. I don't even fucking know. It's one thing as the husband to open the letter and find that yourself, but when now your wife opens that and then you're going to perceive that as a threat to her, that's got to send you over the fucking edge. But now with this letter, it gets a little more personal because he addresses them by their name, Mr. and Mrs. Bratis, which is not the correct name. It's Brodus. So as we said before, this fucking person has to be in the neighborhood, has to be someone close by, obviously is asking questions about who these people are. But so 
even if they didn't meet the Brodus's already, they're obviously asking questions about who they are, and they're getting information re regarding that, because they know the number of kids they have, now they know their name, and they know what they're doing on the house, you know, everything that's going on the inside of the house, the outside of the house, they know everything, right? So the uh, letter continues, and I'll, I'll go a little bit down the uh, road here. He goes, I am pleased to know your names now and the name of the young blood you have brought to me. You certainly say their names often, and that's something that can kind of just be uh, assumed, you know, if you have a head on your shoulders that the parents are going to be calling their names, especially for your young kids, over and over and over again. So uh, I'm still on this, uh, thecut.com. My Ram Reeves gives us the rundown, and he says that the uh, letter continue to say and now this is going back to letter verbatim oh uh, here we go again bud 657 boulevard oh <laughs> i mean it's the the, the the constant repetition of the address is draining me 657 boulevard is anxious for you to move in it has been years and years since the young blood ruled the hallways of the house have you found all the secrets it holds yet will the young blood play in the basement or, or are they too afraid to go down there alone i would be very afraid if i were them it is far away from the rest of the house. If you were upstairs, you would never hear them scream. Uh, that's a threat, right? Yeah. That, that, that's a, that's a, yeah. Well, it's a, a, a it's veiled. A, it's a veiled threat. Right, right. Um, will they sleep in the attic? Fuck you. Or will you all sleep on the second floor? Who has the bedrooms facing the streets? I'll know as soon as you move in. It will help me know who's in which bedroom. Then I can plan better. Oh, <laughs> another veiled threat. All of the windows and doors in 657 Boulevard allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house. Who am I? I am the Watcher, and I have been in control of 657 Boulevard for the better part of two decades now. So we know this guy's at least 20 years old, probably 30, 40 years old, right? You know, if he's old enough to watch the place and, and take notes on the goddamn thing. Uh, the Woods family turned it over to you. It was their time to move on and kindly sold it when I asked them to. Now, that's an interesting part of this story. Now, who knows if this person's even telling the fucking truth here. Right. But if the Woods were, like, if, if the, you know, the Woods did uh, reveal that they received a letter, but, you know, who knows how in-depth they actually got with the truth here. So if they were receiving threatening letters to the point where they were being told to sell the house and they did, that should definitely have been um, revealed to the new buyers. Uh, let me get back to this letter here. I pass by many times a day. 657 Boulevard is my job, my life, and my obsession. I would have guessed by the repetitive nature of uh, saying 657 fucking Boulevard over and over. <laughs> and now you, too, Brodus family, welcome to the product of your greed. Greed is what brought the past three families to 657 Boulevard, and that has brought you to me. Have a happy moving in day. You know I will be watching. So this, to me, sounds like um, someone who is very jealous and maybe stagnant in their own life, and their own achievements. We have to remember that that Derek and Maria haven't really officially moved into the house yet. So now they stopped bringing the kids to the new house, and they're now considering not moving in. And so now several weeks go by, and yet another letter comes in. And this person clearly has noticed them not showing up because it says, where have you gone to? 657 Boulevard is missing you. Yeah, so this motherfucker's in the neighborhood. It, it's, this is like... Or close by. Like you said, I mean, you have to be within, a, a I would assume, at least a five-mile radius, right? I mean, you're not going to be driving 20, 30, 40 miles out of your way every day. 
you would think that somebody who's concealing their identity like this would not be so stupid as to reveal that they are in fact a neighbor anything's possible at this point the person can just be they could be really just steering them in the wrong direction just to conceal them their identity even more by throwing them off and saying that they're in the neighborhood or that they are a neighbor will you be my neighbor (laughs) won't you be my neighbor oh no not with that voice (laughs) can you imagine if that was what mr rogers was really like (laughs) and that's gonna wrap it up he'll get his ass fucking whooped (laughs) but one thing that is worth mentioning is that the letters that are coming to their homes have been processed in kearney which is the distribution center in northern new jersey in my mind, that would be a very key point to know is where they're being distributed because at that point, especially if the letter itself, like she received a black letter, you know, the envelope was specifically a little different looking, that would be a key information for the police to maybe even try tracking where the letter's coming from or who might be delivering the What letter. do you mean a black letter? Like the fucking... Like the envelope, I think, was like a black... Oh, I mean, so it's they, not a common envelope. Then they, they needed like like a fucking special marker to write to the goddamn thing on, is what you're saying. Like they needed like a white marker. Oh, I don't... I, I don't... Yeah, I don't know if it was a... You know, they could have even used a stamp of something with ink that was lighter colored, but... And I don't think the envelope's necessary always black, but if, if anything is similar about each letter in terms of the way it's... You, you know, it would have to be something very identifiable and something conspicuous for them to you know, to really be able to put out a lookout for it. But knowing that it's going to Kearney might offer them some information about, you know, a lead of some sort. Anyway, nonetheless, it doesn't really get looked into that much, but that's just the information we have here. Investigators start coming to the house, obviously, and now they're really diving into this case because, you know, it could be anybody. It could be someone in the neighborhood or it could not be someone in the neighborhood. In the neighborhood. I'm almost sure as tits that it's somebody in this neighborhood. I would, I would feel the same exact way, but like your mind always has to think of every possibility, especially as a police officer. I'm sure they're thinking, look, it may seem that way, and we have to look at it that way, but it also could be this, you know? All right, well, hold on. So, let, me do, let me do my best police officer voice, Chris. 10-4, good buddy. I get what you're saying. <laughs> so now in, on high alert, obviously... The Brodises, who now decide to go into a barbecue that's across the street from them, they actually now want to take notice of their neighbors, and they want to see if they they can get any information. <laughs> you can imagine the suspicion that they're going there. Oh, my. <laughs> Taking they... fucking a clipboard and shit. <laughs> At this point, can you even trust anyone? No, I, I, I would be in that motherfucker eyeballing. I wouldn't even eat anything because I'd be so suspicious that somebody's trying to poison me camera in your pocket yeah, like seriously <laughs> they're basically going around this party with you know this this block party and they're trying to find anything suspicious that they can and anytime the kids are out of sight they're obviously screaming probably to the point where people are noticing because they're very concerned about their children because they've been addressed in these letters because the brodus's i guess did outbid the other buyers there was apparently one in particular that they took note of that had backed out for some medical issue but I don't know that they actually address. But but they're thinking that maybe this this person was somebody who is disgruntled, somebody that may have been outbid on the house that could have caused this to happen. So maybe they they have had their eye on this house for years and years, like like the watcher mentions, and maybe they were looking to buy it and they missed their opportunity because good, they were outbid. Good, good point. Like I imagine, like because you know with the woods is being there and now the Brodus is, but like just. <laughs> 
there's constantly a bidding war but this poor bastard just keeps losing every fucking time like <laughs> since the 20s <laughs> for for literally <laughs> for over a hundred years <laughs> that that would be pretty upsetting but just to mention that note uh that is one thing that they're considering so now they're doing their scanning through the neighborhood they're having you know they're they're having uh law enforcement help them out along the way and they're trying to find any suspect that they can possibly find anything that looks odd or seems odd i'm still on the i still have that couple that came in to check the renovations that said the young blood fuck yeah i i still don't i'm I'm not wrapping that around my mind why that's not the prime suspect but anyway that aside while they're at this party one of the neighbors who lived a couple doors down told them about the langfords which which was a a neighbor of theirs Mm -hmm. that lived between them between uh the schmitz and uh the brodises so and that was it where, where they went to the barbecue at the schitz's house <laughs> at the schitz's <laughs> no no this this wasn't their home this was across the street i believe this party the mention of the langfords comes up because peggy who is the the eldest the mother was well you know ni- you know when the name is peggy you, you're looking at someone <laughs> who who's 70 and above <laughs> this is true Names do have a way of dating people. So she was in her 90s, and several of her adult children, all of whom were in their 60s, still lived with her. Ew, what? And so, obviously, as a result, I, you know, I think people in the neighborhood thought that was a bit odd. And that, the, you know, some of the family members, in particular, the younger one, uh, Michael... Who was 75. <laughs> who, apparently, he didn't work, and he had uh, a very uh, Boo Radley-like way about him it's right. time for peggy to crack that fucking whip <laughs> when when the brodesses hear this off the bat derek is thinking that this is it this is this is, has to be them because of this person has mentioned you know my father you know watched this house since you know the 60s or this and now it's been my job for the last two decades so of course it makes sense that it's somebody who's older and nearby whose family has lived there for many many years and you could that, imagine also, Chris, I'll just bring up this point. Like, it, it, I mean, if you have these three grown, ch- it's beyond being grown at this point. I mean, uh, senior children yeah. still living at this house. I wouldn't imagine that they had much going on other than something like this, where they can, you know, spend so much time watching a home and investigating all of the happenings. Yeah, and and then this person, Michael, in particular, didn't didn't work, so he he had all the time to watch pay attention this is basically a prime suspect for derek now because what was mentioned too is that um when the watcher mentioned that the family had lived there since the 60s and that the father had died that this person had begun observing it and richard who was the father he died 12 years earlier it said that the better part of two decades is how long this person's been watching it so now they're thinking oh it fits everything fits here this seems like it, it could be the Langfords, in particular, Michael Langford. This information goes straight to the detective. What's interesting is they actually take Michael Langford in. Now, I didn't think that... Obviously, they can't do anything to him, but they, they asked him to come in for, for an interview. Basically, Michael denies everything. And How um, old is Michael? I mean, if, if Peggy's 90-something, I mean, I'm assuming he's... At, in his 60s. 60, yeah. all right. All, all the children, apparently, were in their 60s. <laughs> Okay, uh, we we get it, Chris. You don't have to keep harping on that. <laughs> <laughs> but 
basically what what uh, the te- detective says is that you know this isn't like a CSI show you know like if the wife is dead the husband did it type thing so it's like it's not it's this is not like a mysterious world that we live in like the shows there's usually a prime suspect you know that's that's usually who did it basically is what they're saying but they don't have hard evidence without michael straight out admitting that he did this they can't do anything this is the greatest thing that derek says so he says basically like you know my kids were threatened and you can't do anything about this and you know i could see from a frustrated point of view of derek if your kids are threatened you want somebody's ass done like you want them out hell yeah he he goes on to say this person attacked my family and where i'm from if you do that you get your ass beat this guy wants fucking skulls how could you not i i completely agree i mean you got to be violent at this point that's your toxic masculinity speaking chris and i don't appreciate it <laughs> look push it takes a lot to push me to, to the point where i shove back but like there you know this is this is it right here you don't fuck around Pushing you is one thing. How about poking you? Definitely don't do that either. (laughs) Continue. So obviously now frustrated because this appears to be a dead end, even though in their mind they think it's clear cut. Now they start looking at a map of the area and seeing the different neighbors and perhaps the length of time that the neighbors around them have lived there. They try to look for line of sight to see what homes could clearly see their home from a window of some sort. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that can only narrow it down so much, too. If they're walking on the street or driving by in a car at some point, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're in a line of sight. That's a good point, Chris. So, you know, and, and they, you know, funny enough, they were able to actually keep an eye on the people that were coming down the street, not only from police surveillance, but uh, Derek went ahead and installed a new alarm system. Because obviously, you know, they're getting fucking crazy. They can't let this go, and how could you? So they're doing everything they can now to catch this motherfucker. So with that said, they're keeping an eye on it. The police are watching. The alarm system's there. And I'm sure that they have, like, video systems filming, you know, any fucking strange happenings around the house. But that only goes so far. I mean, you have a certain radius that it covers. And who knows if this motherfucker's sitting there with a telescope, binoculars, through his window. So... You know, you're not going to be able to pick that up. So, inevitably, you know, more letters come in, and uh, here's one that really caught my eye. This is really weird. Oh, God, here it goes again. 657 Boulevard. Oh, God. It's turning on me. It's coming after me. I don't understand why. So Now you're dealing with something. This is part... I mean, obviously, if you didn't think the person was sick before and they're just trying to fuck around... Now it's starting to take a a twist as if uh, this person's thinking that the house itself is not his anymore. It's not his possession, right? It goes, uh, what spell did you cast on it? This is weird. It used to be my friend and now it's my enemy. I am in charge of 657 Boulevard. It is not in charge of me. (laughs) Well, the alarm system begs different, bud. I will fend (laughs) off its bad things and wait for it to become good again. It will not punish me. I will rise again. I will be patient and wait for this to pass for you to bring the young blood back to me. 657 Boulevard needs young blood. It needs you. Come back. Let the young bloods play again. Let the young blood sleep in 657 Boulevard. Stop changing it and let it alone. So, and I'm going to say it myself. Here's an astute observation on my part. 
We mentioned some people in the neighborhood who may not have done much with their days. I'm not going to name names. This is all legend. I don't know. Maybe they're seeing their youth play out through whatever children are there and seeing what they become in their lives because they never did anything with theirs. Dr. Bill will charge you a $25 copay now. (laughs) But in all seriousness, I mean, it went from this ominous feel and now it's getting kind of like this sad as if the person's really starting to lose control uh, of their emotions based on what's happening with the house and what the Brodus's are doing, right? It's, it's, taking, cons- it's taking a weird turn. Right. I, I don't know if it's almost as because they kind of need, and I'm assuming they're watching them, but you know, like if you don't give somebody any interest or if you don't show that you're, f- that you're fearful or that you're stirring around because of it, like they have to, Maybe this person is feeling that, and they're just like, oh, it's turning on me now. Like, I don't know. Who fucking knows? This person's a wacko. So, I mean, now we're talking not only, like, you know, the psychological threat and the mental aspect of it, which is terrible, but like I said before, the financial aspect of it, right? So, they decide to leave the fucking house, uh, obviously, because you're getting freaked the fuck out. And, you know, Derek's at work. He can't be there all the time. And, you know... you begin to feel for your your wife and kids, obviously, and you know you want to be able there to be there all the time and protect them. So they fucking leave and move in with Maria's parents. But bro, they still have to pay the fucking mortgage, the taxes, and all this other shit. And the taxes are twenty thousand dollars. So they move out and they're still paying through the fucking nose on this shit. Now, could you imagine that, dude? I don't even know how this person. Has not like just set the neighborhood on fire at this Dude, point. Dude, that's how I, I was. I, I would pepper spray everybody in the fucking eyes that walked past me. I was looking at me funny. <laughs> well, that's what the problem is. It it, it makes you so paranoid. On guard, like yeah, you just you're you're everything is just like anybody could be there. Anybody could be looking. Anybody could be out to get you. It's it changes your whole mentality. You're like in fight mode. Well, that's the thing. Like I, I mean, they they fought as long as they could, and like I said, Derek was losing his fucking mind. The, the wife is losing her mind. I'm sure they probably protected the kids and didn't parlay this information onto them, but you know, there's a fear factor that we mentioned as well. When you're not there, who knows what's going to happen to the kids. So they put the house up for sale, but uh, no bites. Um, well, no, I shouldn't say that. They did have uh, some people interested in it, but you know, and I, I give them credit. I mean, the brothers seem like good people because they revealed to any potential buyer all the shit that was happening. Anybody that comes into that situation is obviously uh, going to look at that red flag and probably run the other way. They're trying to figure out between, like you mentioned, they're trying to sell this home now, dealing with issues with people even wanting to buy it because what they would do is they would have people that were interested, then they'd find out about the letters and then they'd back out. So on June 2nd of 2015, so about a year after they purchased the home, they file a legal complaint against the Woodses because they... They think that they should have disclosed the fact that this person had written letters before in the past. You well, that's know, what if, we need. We need access to the letters that were written in the past to, to make a decision but they, on that. And we, we wouldn't, because they said they threw them out. They just tossed them. So we wouldn't even have access to those letters. Jeez, um, Chris, okay, thanks. <laughs> no, I mean, it's just like, it sucks. Like, they, they didn't even think twice about it, I guess, because they weren't, you know, threatening enough. You know, maybe you're right. Maybe this person clearly uh, has had enough of it because they couldn't get this home for a, the 20th time. Um, <laughs> loses out on it by a fucking dollar. 
Womp, 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 womp. Um, this whole time now, there's a lot of rumors going around because once the house was put on the market and they had to disclose the information, it only stays quiet for so long. So the neighborhood starts to find out about it. A lot of people are a little upset about hearing about it because they you know how safe the neighborhood is. They don't want this to be a taint on the record of the neighborhood. So they start getting rumors about, oh, maybe this is a con you know, they're con artists, maybe they're scamming, they're trying to get money on a settlement from the woodses. Someone actually mentioned that, you know, they found it a little fishy that they jumped from a $300,000 house to a $700,000 house now into a $1.3 million house in somewhat recent history. And Derek responded to that basically saying, it's America, you know, you you make money, you move on up in life. Yeah, so, seriously. All the theories that went out, like most of these fucks do, they come up with whatever they... Just like the media, they they make up their own story and then they they, they run with it and then people go crazy over it. But so I mean, people, if the Woods had... Now, let me just bring this up. If the Woods had admitted that they received letters before, so obviously Derek's not making this shit up because the previous owner admitted they received letters of the same nature. No, well, he said they never they never were to the point of what the ones that they were receiving. I know, but they received a, a bizarre note. They did. They did receive receive bizarre letters that they admitted, or they said they received at least one, bef- like a few days before they they actually left. I'm telling you, to me, this sounds like somebody that's very jealous of you know anybody that has some form of success. That you know, if I'm down in the dumps, you should be down in the dumps too. That's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. That person just needs to be hung up by their toes. Jesus anyway. Christ, I've never seen the side of you, and I don't appreciate it. <laughs> As we mentioned earlier, when I when I mentioned to you about that case we had done in the past, uh, since their lawsuit was pending, they there are some states that actually require the sellers to disclose, quote, transient social conditions, like if there were murders or possible hauntings. Self-destruct sequence activated. Because of that 1991 case in New York where the court ruled... As a matter of law, the house is haunted and that they actually accepted that the person could back out of the sale uh, because of this reason. But that was in New York State. New Jersey did not have that regulation. So what ends up happening is basically the judge dismisses the lawsuit that's lost. So they don't have the option to get a settlement from the Woodses. Uh, they're, They're not being held liable for that. Let's wrap this up. I am getting fucking tired. I'm on 30 grams of uh, melatonin right now, and I am fading fucking <laughs> quick. What ends up happening, to make a long story short, and we don't want to sell the Brodus's, uh short on you know, their, uh, their hardships here, but they ended up having to sell the fucking house, and this is, for all the people said that they were trying to negate the sale that they originally had, of from uh, negate their original sale and contract unfortunately they did recently sell the home and oh god at a five hundred thousand dollar loss after fees for oh renovation after the, the price of renovations the fees into the investigators countless investigations private investigators the, the local the police department the security systems all that stuff that they now they they lost the battle to this fucking prick. You're not talking about ten thousand dollars. You're not talking about twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars. And, and fifty thousand dollars is where I draw the line in the sand. I mean, I feel like that's something you could probably get yourself out of. When you get into six digits, ugh. 
I mean, five hundred thousand dollars—that's not a hole that you're digging yourself out of. That—that's filing for bankruptcy and having to start your fucking life over. Obviously, it took a toll on them while living there, but it's going to take a toll on them for so many years to come. They're never going to forget this. You can't forget that. Not only are they losing money, but they had no sense of safety. So they didn't only lose that $500,000, they lost years off their fucking life. And all they did was the right fucking thing. Yeah, imagine that. You come in there with, you know, your young family, want to raise your kids there, get yourself a nice job, nice home, and you can't even live in it. And then you're just dealing with a headache, people looking at you funny, making up stories. And you would eventually have to leave no matter what, because, I mean, if it was me, I'd be looking at everybody in that fucking neighborhood. I mean, I would have fucking heat sensors on people. I would. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't trust anything. That's the problem. You can't stay there until it's found, because you're just going to always suspect. And, 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 you know, you think about the penalties. So even if somebody was found doing this, what are they, six months and, and some community service and they're out? You know, like it would be something stupid like that. Maybe you have to pay a fine. The, the, the fact that there's no resolution, like there's no, we nobody to this day, they don't know oh, it's who it is. It's fucking irritating. I'm, I'm texting a friend right now. And, and actually, this fucking case was requested by a friend of the show, uh, my good friend since uh, sixth grade, Diana, and I won't mention her last name. I'm texting her, I go, you know, you should have fucking told me beforehand how long this goddamn fucking story was. She has the balls to respond back to me. It says, oh, well, they left the neighborhood pretty quickly. Not knowing any of the backstory. So now, now we're stuck doing this, Chris. Well, let, let's finish it with one thing to make you a little more pissed. No. The very last thing that's mentioned in the article is the last letter that read, you are despised by the house and the watcher won. Oh, no, no. Chris, what are you doing Rubbing to it me? in your face. I might have to go up to 50 milligrams of melatonin tonight to sleep. <laughs> To get that heart rate down, I would do. No, in all honesty, what I would I would do anything I could, no matter what happened to me afterwards. For the rest of my days, I would make it my fucking life's mission to find out who did this. So, uh, Chris, uh, without any further ado, let me do the rundown tonight. I mean, and you know, I wasn't gonna do it, but fuck. I mean, uh, Faye, the the lovely Faye from England wrote us so why not let's give it a shot and i'm off facebook i'm gonna try to stay over for the rest of the fucking month because i don't give a fuck about anybody's opinion well maybe i do because i'm getting so pissed off but i, <laughs> I don't want to see it i don't care i don't care if you you voted for blubber titties or you voted for plugs i don't give a shit so uh but i mean chris is on there he'll respond and if you want to get in touch with us here's the rundown it's uh btc pod 2020 at gmail.com <laughs> if you want to get in Pardon? touch with us, <laughs> if you want to get in touch with us, you can reach us at btcpod2020 at gmail.com or you can find us on Facebook and I think that's where Chris was found at uh, Between the Cracks podcast or if you want to get in touch with me, I run the Instagram fucking thing that's uh, Between the Cracks podcast. Um, we have the Teespring store which is uh, entitled BTC. The Timmy shirts will be going up, which I'm actually going to buy one myself because I like the way <laughs> Timmy looks, and I, I think it's a good conversational starter. Um, so, Chris, that's it. Without further ado, let's bid the fine, 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 fine people in podcast land the fondest Oh, farewells. Chris, Chris. I 
Uh, uh, it was Timothy. Uh, oh, yeah! No, Tim, Timmy, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, dude, I'm telling you right now, I, I don't know how much I'm editing, so there might be some fucking crap in this episode. I mean, you would think... Oh, this is going to be a very long episode. <laughs> it's pretty good, though, I think, so far. Uh, no, it is good, but we're not even, like, an eighth through it. Oh, God, where is this fucking... Where's the boxing bell? The safest. In fact, it's the top one of the 30th... In fact, it's one of the 30th... One of 30th... Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Ugh. All right. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to narrow down these oh, next God. three paragraphs. What's that, bud? I'm just going to like take like a sentence from the next three paragraphs. Yeah, let's let's jump ahead in this bitch. How much longer yeah. is... I mean... It's, there's, a, dude, there's a fucking lot. All right, so we'll go on. I mean, maybe just start reading the letters again, and then how Derek loses his shit, and then eventually they're forced to sell, and we'll fuck on. And then we'll talk about how we feel about it. Right. Oh. I'm just trying to see how many more letters there were before Ooh. you skip. There's a lot. Dude, this is brutal. Anybody that comes into that situation, anybody that comes into that situation, oh boy! All right, let me piss and then I'll be right back. God, we're at eighty-two fucking minutes already. Oh my god! God, holy shit! This is a long episode. I know. Dude, I told you when I read this article, I was like, holy shit! I'm afraid with my friend Diana who suggested this. Remind me to mention at the end. I'm going to grab a beer, beer, bro. I'll be right back. Okay. <clears throat> now, oh, we should go into that. Oh, did you see that? The DNA? It was close, most closely related, related to... a to woman? The, the Abby Langford, the sister of Michael. Who worked as a nurse! 